Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the DraftKings slate for today for college basketball. That is on Wednesday, January 11th. DraftKings has for us an 11-game slate to choose players from, and... Honestly, it's looking pretty good. There's some pretty good matchups. There's a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of high-scoring opportunities, a lot of big-name players in action tonight. So this should be a pretty good one. Yesterday was a good day for us. Um, You know, we ended up uh, cashing multiple times in the green yesterday with um, some of our picks. Um, One big thing that we did was we did swap Caleb Boone into our lineup once once Musa Cisse was declared inactive. Uh, and, you know, Caleb Boone had himself a nice little game. I had a few lineups that had Terrence Shannon Jr. in it. And then, as I mentioned here on the podcast specifically, Alan Flanagan of Auburn. I mentioned him as a good GPP play at 24.75 fantasy points, which definitely helped you if you had him in your lineup. And then I also mentioned the two Virginia guys, Armand Franklin and Reese Beekman, who both had over 30 fantasy point performances against North Carolina. So yesterday was a good day for a lot of the guys that I mentioned here on the podcast. But remember, if you want my full DFS picks, the guys that I am rocking with um, for each day, then head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I make my official picks there, and I have um, you know explanations for all of them, as well as some guys who didn't make the cut. So if you want access to those, head on over to Patreon. Also, guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm dropping extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the show, and uh, I'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions. Now, one more thing. If you are here for college basketball only, I do DFS podcasts for other sports as well, specifically golf. Fantasy golf is back, y'all. The Sony Open full field event in Hawaii this week, and I had a DFS preview that went live yesterday. Preview the course, the entire tournament in under 30 minutes. And then tomorrow, we will be coming out with our NFL episode previewing the wild card round of the playoffs. So if you're here for college basketball, I encourage you to give another sport a shot, but we are thankful that you are here for college basketball because I do love me some CBB DFS. All right, so... Let's go ahead and hop into the slate, but first a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So on this 11-game slate, I do believe that looking at the point totals, looking at the spreads, there are five games that are actually stackable that are going to give us an opportunity to score a lot of points. All five of these games have over-unders that are above 145, Uh, and these games are Indiana at Penn State, Bama at Arkansas, UConn at Marquette, Baylor at West Virginia, and Creighton at Xavier. Um, All five of those, I think, are stackable. If I had to pick one to stack, I would probably go with Creighton and Xavier just because we know with those guys, their rotations are really, like, locked in. Um, You really know with those two teams who's going to be getting the minutes and who's going to be getting the production. Uh, I also think that Baylor and West Virginia is probably going to be the lower-owned of those just because people think of Baylor and West Virginia as these grinded-out defensive teams when both of them have been scoring and giving up a lot of points so far this season in conference play. Now, there are four injuries to monitor. Uh, Darius Johnson of UCF. Kedrian Johnson of West Virginia, Jeremy Roach of Duke, and Hunter Couture of Virginia Tech. All four of those guys are listed as questionable. If they do or do not play, it's definitely going to impact how you build your lineup. There are guys that can capitalize on those situations. All right, so let's go ahead and now break it down by position. Let's talk about the guards, and let's talk about the top-priced guards. So Jalen Pickett of Penn State is the king of the slate at the guard position, and for good reason. He's been outstanding. This is what I call a tempo up game for Penn State, meaning that Indiana plays at a much faster pace than them. So Indiana is 
just by the virtue of playing them in their quick possessions, is going to bring the number of Penn State possessions up. And we like possessions to go up because every possession is an opportunity to score fantasy points. Indiana is 66 in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. Penn State is in the 200s. Jalen Pickett also has one of the highest usage rates in college basketball. He gets used all the time, whether it's scoring or assisting. So you know that as possessions increase, his opportunities for fantasy points are going to increase. Now let's talk value real quick because he is the highest priced guard on the slate. At his current salary, he has been over four times his salary for 10 out of 15 games, and he has been over 50 fantasy points, which is about five times his value in four out of 15 games. Remember, when we play guys in college basketball DFS, we really, really need them to get to four times value, and if you want to win a GPP, you probably need them to get to five or six times value, so Jalen Pickett has shown the ability to have that upside and get to the value that can give you a win in a GPP. Now, compare that to Kendrick Davis of Memphis, who is right below him. Kendrick Davis, I think, is a little bit overpriced. He has only been over four times salary at his current price in eight out of 17 games, and he's been over 50 fantasy points only once. So if you're paying up for a guard, I would much prefer to pick at the guy who's done it before and definitely shown that upside already, as opposed to Kendrick Davis, who, you know, solid player, good player for Memphis, but just hasn't shown the fantasy outputs that Jalen Pickett has. Now, also at the top of the board for the guard position, we've got a head-to-head among teammates. We've got Suley Boom. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Suley Boom. Please, please correct me on Twitter if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I think it's Suley Boom and Colby Jones of Xavier. Now, both of these guys, you know, really good basketball players, but they score their fantasy points in different ways. Boom scores 53% of his fantasy points from scoring, whereas Colby Jones scores 38% of his fantasy points from scoring, meaning that Boom is a lot more predicted or a lot more um, dependent on scoring to have a solid fantasy output. However, the interesting part of that is that Colby Jones actually has a 0.1 higher usage rate. So in other words, when Xavier possessions and they end with Jones assisting or scoring, one or 0.1% of the time more than Boom assisting or scoring. Now, let's talk about fantasy points now. Suey Boom has over 36 fantasy points in 6 out of 15 games. Colby Jones has over 36 fantasy points in 6 out of 15 games. Boom also has under 30 fantasy points in 8 out of 15 games. Jones has under 30 fantasy points in 6 out of 15 games. Now, if you're talking about upside, Boom has the only game among these two over 50 fantasy points, and Boom has outscored Colby Jones in 4 of their last 6 games. Now, if you're also thinking, wait a minute, why is he doing this head-to-head? Why, why, why is he comparing the two of these guys? Well, it's very unlikely that the both of them actually hit value. The Florida game earlier this season is the only game all season where both Suley Boom and Colby Jones hit four times value in the same game. So here's what that boggles down to. If you think that Xavier is going to score a lot of points in this one, and I do, Suley Boom is probably the guy to go with because he's probably going to be the guy doing most of the scoring. If you think that Xavier loses this game and maybe only gets to like 70 to 75 points, Jones might be your guy because he's going to get you more rebounds and more assists. But the good news is because they are playing Creighton, Creighton's a fairly up-tempo team, so Xavier's going to have a lot of possessions and a lot of opportunities to score fantasy points for both Suley Boom and Colby Jones. If I had to pick one, I think this game's a little more up-tempo. I'd give a slight edge to Suley Boom. And like I said, I would not make a lineup that stacks both of them because there's only been one game where they both hit value all season. 
Now, Marquette has another head-to-head that could be a thing, Tyler Kolek and Cam Jones, but these two are much more correlated in terms of their point totals, meaning they don't box each other out like Boom and Jones do. They're more correlated because Tyler Kolek averages eight assists. Um, However, the one thing is when you look at the Marquette totals, both of these guys are also directly correlated with how much their team scores, meaning the more points Marquette scores, the more fantasy points that Tyler Kolek and Cam Jones score. Now, this game would pretty much have to get to 150 for either of these guys to pay off value, which if you look at the point totals, this game's currently projected to get to 147. So it's definitely a possibility, and either of these guys are definitely playable. They're definitely stackable as well. Um, But I would prefer at the guard position in this slate, if I'm paying up for anybody, I'm going to go pay up for Jalen Pickett. Now, I do have a few more interesting plays in the 8K range here. The first is Sean Padula of Virginia Tech. He is intriguing to me if Hunter Couture does not play. Going up against Syracuse's zone, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to shoot threes, and Sean Padula has attempted nine threes in two of his last three games. For Missouri, Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge are both super sneaky. They're going to be low-owned GPP plays, and they have a lot of upside, but they don't have a lot of consistency to bank on. So if you want to try to catch one of those guys on a pop night, you can. Um, But, you know, like I said, there's not a whole lot of consistency to bank on. Now, going down to the 7K range, Indiana's Jalen hood Shafino is my favorite play on the slate. Look, I've said this about fantasy football multiple times during the season. I'm going to say it about basketball right now. This game doesn't have to be hard. Xavier's starting point, or I'm sorry, Indiana's starting point guard, Xavier Johnson. Yeah, that, that was tough. Indiana's starting point guard, Xavier Johnson, has recently gone down with an injury. And in those two games that Johnson has not played, Jalen hood Shafino has back-to-back 40 fantasy point performances. This game doesn't have to be hard, people. If Xavier Johnson is out, Jalen hood Shafino is going to see an uptick, and I don't think it's long before you're going to see him in the 8K range. 40 fantasy points is easily five times value at his current salary. Baylor's Keontae George is, you know, a guy that if you follow NBA draft prospects, he's really highly thought of. Um, Personally, I think there's better players that are lesser valued in the draft than he is, but that's a discussion for another place in time. Keontae George is a pretty good player, and Baylor has been pushing the tempo a lot more than they used to, especially when they get into conference play. Each of the last two games in conference play have seen over 170 points scored, and in those two games, Keontae George has had 40 and 35.8 fantasy points. I definitely think Keontae George has an opportunity to get to five times value in this game against West Virginia. Now, I got another head-to-head for you, this time with Arkansas guards, Ricky Council versus Anthony Black. Ricky Council gets 63% of his fantasy points from scoring. He has double-digit shots in all of his last six games, and his ceiling this season is only 38 points. He has only three games over 35 fantasy points. Anthony Black gets 45% of his fantasy points from scoring. He has double-digit shots in one of his last nine games, but he's been over 30 fantasy points three times in that span and has a ceiling this season of 39.8. Between the two of them, I would much rather take Anthony Black Council is very streaky when it comes to scoring, and I think you're dependent on him putting the ball through the hoop to get a good output. Black gets you those points with rebounds, assists, and steals, and I think that this game versus Alabama is going to be very up-tempo. Both of these guys are playable. Among the two of them, I would prefer Anthony Black. Speaking of the Alabama-Arkansas game, Mark Sears is coming on strong as of late. He has 32.5, 26, and 41.5 fantasy points in his last three conference games. If you want to go a little sneaky little game stack with this Alabama-Arkansas game, Mark Sears is definitely got to look out for as well as Anthony Black. Now in the 6K range, 
I want to talk about two Creighton guards real quick. Trey Alexander and Ryan Nemhard have both been outstanding when Creighton gets to 80 points. Trey Alexander has at least 28 fantasy points in every game that Creighton gets to 80. And Ryan Nemhard has a low of 23 fantasy points when Creighton gets to 80. Ryan Nemhard also has five games over 28 points in that range. So if you think Creighton gets to 80, Trey Alexander and Ryan Nemhard better be in your lineup. And they are implied 75 points in this game against the up-tempo Xavier Musketeers. Now for Pittsburgh, Nelly Cummings is just a solid value play right now. He's been over four times value in five of his last nine, and he's been over five times value in three of his last nine. Definitely a guy that's worth looking out for. Now let's dip down to the 5K range. So I like Ithiel Horton, I like Greg Elliott, and I like Hunter Couture from Virginia Tech if he plays. But my favorite play in this 5K range is Jaden Zachary of Boston College. He has 27 fantasy points in back-to-back games, and he's played 34 or more minutes in every game since December 1st. So you're getting a guy who has shown recently that he has the upside to get to five times value with those 27 fantasy point performances, and you know he's going to be on the floor because of how many minutes he's played in the last month. So I think Jaden Zachary, very high floor very solid cash game option, but also gives you the upside to play in a GPP because he's gotten to five times value in back-to-back games. Now, let's talk about the 4K range and below. Jaden Bradley of Alabama gives you solid and consistent play. Um, if you are playing a cash game and you're looking for somebody to fill out your lineup with, I like Jaden Bradley of Alabama. Um, I don't think he quite has the upside of some of these guys that I'm going to mention here in just a second. Stevie Mitchell of Marquette, in my opinion, is just a misprice. He has over 20 fantasy points in four straight games and averages 26 minutes in those four games, which is a bump for him. His season average was 22 minutes before these last four games. So for whatever reason, Stevie Mitchell is seeing a bump in minutes and he's seeing a bump in production. And I have no problem going back to him tonight until DraftKings adjusts his price. Saturday, I was a little disappointed that none of the Duke guards really capitalized on Jeremy Roach's absence. You know, Jeremy Roach is a fairly high usage player for Duke, but none of the guards really stepped in and filled that role. And, you know, none of them really had great fantasy outputs because of it. Derek Whitehead was really the primary beneficiary of that. In theory, it should have been Jacob Blakes or Tyrese Proctor. So if you're looking for just like a dart throw, I wouldn't mind going back to Blakes or Proctor if Roach misses the game. But my point of saying this is they didn't show it on Saturday, but that dude point guard position has a lot of upside. And if Blakes or Proctor does take hold of it, they could be in store for a big night. Now, last two that I want to talk about, Shaquille Moore of Mississippi State intrigues me as a GPP play, and Javon Quinterly, a.k.a. Jelly Fam GQ, who feels like he's been in college forever, he, of Alabama, is the ultimate GPP play. He is $3,800 on DraftKings, and he has 18 fantasy points in three of his last four games. However, he is very streaky. All right, that does it for the guard position. Let's take a quick breather and then go ahead and talk about some forwards. Looking at the slate as a whole, I think the guard position is a little deeper than the forward position is tonight. And that ends up being a lot of nights here on DFS College Basketball. But I definitely think it's the case tonight. And looking at the forward position, I don't really see a whole lot of value in this spot. So I'm probably going to play at least four guards. And definitely my value plays are going to be at the guard position in this slate tonight. However, there are three studs that are above $8,000 on DraftKings that I'm really interested in playing. That is Trace Jackson Davis, Brandon Miller, and Justin Mutz. Let's break them down. 
Trace Jackson Davis has 68 and 49 fantasy points in his last two games, and they've been kind of, you know, in the Indiana injuries have seen an increase in usage rate for TJD. Xavier Johnson has missed the last two games, and Ray Thompson, one of their big men, missed last game in which Trace Jackson Davis had 68 fantasy points. So I really think that Trace Jackson Davis is an elite option here on this slate tonight. He's the highest price forward for a reason. I will probably be starting my lineup with either Jalen Pickett or Trace Jackson Davis tonight. Um, I think that both of those guys have the floor and the upside combination that you can play them in any format, and they're just in really good situations. Like, you know, when you've got a star that's in a good spot in a high-scoring game, like, go to him. Like, don't overthink it. This game doesn't have to be hard. Brandon Miller of Alabama is the best high-priced cash game option. He has six straight games of 32 fantasy points or more. He is over 40 fantasy points in three of those six. I don't think that he has the upside of TJD, but I do think that he is a solid play, and he's likely to hit four or five times value tonight. Justin Mutz of Virginia Tech is a little bit of a gut call to me in this one. Uh, he's the perfect type of player to attack Syracuse's zone because he is really athletic. He's the type of guy that I feel like, and he's really skilled with the basketball too, he's the type of guy that I feel like you could stick in the high post and he's going to have the option to attack or pass or you know maybe even shoot a mid-range. And I think that he's the guy they're going to do that with. And I think it's going to lead to a lot of touches in this offense for Justin Mutz. And he's shown earlier in the season that he has some upside. He's been over 45 fantasy points three times this season. Another thing that you will see teams look to do against Syracuse's 2-3 zone is they'll look to push the ball in transition. Get the ball to the cup before they get that zone set up. And Justin Mutz is the perfect guy to do that with. He's really good in transition. He's a great finisher around the rim. Uh, it's just a gut feeling. I don't have any real big data to back this up, but Justin Mutz, I have a feeling, is in for a big game tonight. Now, for Xavier, I'm not going to do the big head-to-head -head for these two like I did with Boom and Jones, but I would prefer Zach Fremantle to Jack Nungy. So we've talked about this on the podcast before. When conference play starts, teams really kind of settle in and figure themselves out. And so I think that what you're seeing with a lot of these teams is the usage rates are settling in for conference play. The production is settling in for conference play. We kind of start to know what these teams are going to look like going forward. And what Xavier looks like going forward is it looks like it's going to be Zach Fremantle's front court. He has over 40 fantasy points in three of five conference games. Nunji has two such performances, but two of the other five have also been under 20 fantasy points. So with Fremantle, you're getting a much safer floor and a little bit more upside. I think it's only a matter of time before Fremantle's over $1,000 more on DraftKings than Jack Nunji. Now, if we're dropping down to the 7K range, I got another total gut call for you, and it is Tolu Smith of Mississippi State. Mississippi State has been bad offensively so far in conference play, but you know what should really help that? A trip to Georgia, where um, Georgia's a football school, in case you haven't noticed. And a lot of their guys, you know, maybe they have a little bit of national championship hangover. Maybe they've been out celebrating on the quad a little bit too much. So, um, you know, maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's not. But Toulouse Smith against Georgia, I think, is a solid play. Georgia should be a little more friendly offensively to Mississippi State. And Toulouse Smith has showed us upside this season. He has five games over 34 fantasy points. It would not shock me if he turned in a big performance tonight. The 6K range for the forward spot is a little small. Not a real whole lot of options here. The guy that I do like is Quentin Post of Boston College. He's only played three games so far this season, two of which he played more than 20 minutes in. And in those two games, he had 26 and 30 fantasy points. 
Now, what's interesting enough is that Quentin Post's arrival to the lineup has decreased the production of teammate TJ Bickerstaff. Post is getting a lot of the minutes and a lot of the usage that Bickerstaff used to see. So I'm probably not playing TJ Bickerstaff until I can see that production start to bump back up. Now, the 5K range has two decent up-and-comers. The first is Duke's, is it Derek or is it Derek? I don't know. I'm going to say Derek. I like Derek. Derek Whitehead, he has at least 19 fantasy points in five straight games, and he had 25 fantasy points last game in 31 minutes with no Jeremy Roach. So I think that's a decent amount of upside for a guy that's here in the 5K range, especially if Roach does not suit up. I also don't mind Mark Mitchell there in the 6K range. He had a decent performance last time out with no Jeremy Roach as well. Julius Marble of Texas A&M. It is only a matter of time before he is in the 6K range. He has back-to-back games of over 30 minutes and 27 fantasy points. Sorry, y'all. Oh, yeah. Before that, he had never reached either of those marks. So you're looking at a guy who his recent performances are the best he's had all season, and I think he can continue it tonight. Now, for Indiana, Race Thompson is likely to miss this game again. And it seems like either Miller Cop. Malik Renault or Jordan Geronimo have to get the minutes in production to replace Race Thompson in that lineup, right? But they haven't really done it. It's almost like last game with Race Thompson out, all the extra production went to Trace Jackson Davis. He had 68 fantasy points. But one of these guys kind of has to take over and be out on the floor, right? So I don't know which one it's going to be. All of them are wildly inconsistent in terms of minutes and production. But I just have this feeling that one of these three guys is going to be able to take hold and get that production. I don't know which one, but it just has to happen, right? Now, transition into the 4K range and below, David Joplin is very correlated with Marquette's point total. So if you think that Marquette has a big night, David Joplin's probably going to have a big night. Chandler Lawson of Memphis makes for a solid GPP option because he has some pop performances. He has nights where he goes well over five times value. And then if you're looking for not exactly a punt option, but close to a punt option, Will McNair and Noah Gurley are under 4,000, and they both have a little bit of upside with their punt play. All right, so that does it for tonight's slate, y'all. So if you want to see how I synthesize all that information and put it into uh, six picks for tonight, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you're staying tuned to the podcast feed for the rest of the week. Uh, I know we will be coming out with our NFL episode. I will probably be coming out with another college basketball episode as well. And our PGA Tour golf preview is still on the feed as well. So check that out if you're playing some DraftKings or FanDuel Fantasy Golf. All right, so that does it for tonight's slate, guys. 11-game slate, lots of action. DraftKings is doing some big contests for it. So um, looking forward to it. I really think it has potential to be a fun night of college basketball. Now, also, if you are here for college basketball for the first time, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help me out a lot. We're trying to grow this listener base bit by bit, and everything you do helps me out, and I really do appreciate it. All right, guys, best of luck in all your DFS endeavors tonight. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.